find those customers and make as much money as you can from the customers that you already have, right? And that is something that I've taken with me is like, how can I serve my customers more? What are some other things that I can offer to my existing customer base so that I don't necessarily in this time where there may not be uh, as much community that I can go out and offer additional things to help my existing customer base? Welcome to One Next Step, the most practical business podcast in the world, helping you get more done, grow your business, and lead your team with confidence with tips and tools you didn't get in business school. Here are your hosts, Trisha Shortino and Lisa Zeveld. Hey guys, welcome to the One Next Step, the practical business podcast that helps you run your business so it stops running you. I'm Trisha, and today we are going to talk about some of the challenges and opportunities currently facing small businesses. And this is such a great topic, and there is no one more qualified to talk about this than J.R. McNair. J.R. is a small business expert and international speaker who is considered to be one of the nation's foremost experts when it comes to startup businesses. He's also the founder of the Velocity Accelerator and Small Business Day, the nation's largest startup launch event. When it comes to the world of small business, he knows everything. So I couldn't be more excited to talk to JR today about small business. Welcome to the podcast, JR. Thank you so much, Trisha. <laughs> so excited to be here and talk about small businesses, the world and everything else. So. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. talking about you. So I have heard some very interesting fun facts about you. You have on your bio, one of them says, and and I just can't even believe this. Okay. In literally one day, you spoke to an auditorium of college recruits, played in a college football game, and led a featured solo in the school choir. In one day? That's right. In one day. Yeah. That was a jam-packed day. That was, uh, I went to Wofford College and I was student body president there. And, you know, the one thing when you uh, ask to be in a part of something, they definitely involve you. So it was, uh, they said, JR, we need you to come speak to a freshman class. So I had to prepare a speech and I spoke. And then I had, and I said, all right, y'all, I shook some hands. And then I ran to the locker room and all the guys were uh, getting ready. And so I had to throw on the stuff, played in a full football game, scored a couple touchdowns. Uh, showered nice. up, <laughs> showered <laughs> up, and then I, uh, I was like, oh man, and I had to sing, uh, you know, can you feel the love tonight from the Lion King in the in the musical nice. <laughs> That all happened in one day. Real story, real story. So. That is a day. Okay, yeah. so you sing. So, like, is it also true that you were? offered a recording contract at the age 11. Yeah, you know, me and my best friend at the time and his older brother, they uh, wanted us to sing. And um, most people don't know a lot of singers, they will have you want to stop school full time, get tutors Mm -hmm. so you can sing and travel. But my parents were not having it. They were like, that's great, but no. (laughs) But no, well, you are a man of very many talents. Well, I appreciate Athlete, it. It's been, it's been a journey. Singer. Yeah. Educated. I mean, man, you've, you've got, so it's an honor to have you. So how is it that you have this 
fascinating journey and story and, and um, things that you've accomplished in your life. So tell me about what it is that led you to really truly becoming the guru of all things small business. How do you wind up where you are today? Well, it, it wasn't something I just went out to do. I mean, when I was a kid, I mean, I think what started me in entrepreneurship uh, was just um, not having enough, you know? I remember going to my mom at, um, at like 10 years old and I said, mom, you know, I went to school on the south side of Atlanta. You get joned out for not having the right shoes. I was the kid that went to school with the Adidas with the four stripes, right? Like the K-Swiss <laughs> with the six, you know, the, the pay less specials as they used to call them back in the day. And, and, and growing up in South Atlanta, people would jone on you pretty bad. So I just went to my mom and I didn't have a crazy request. I said, mom, can I just get some regular tennis shoes like some of the other kids so I wouldn't feel out of place. And she was like, baby, I love you, but you are not the only child. And so, mm -hmm. and it was at a young age where I had to say, well, dang, if I want some stuff, I need to do it. So I started printing flyers and I went out and I, um, and I scanned the neighborhood with these flyers saying I will cut your grass for $25. And I cut all of these yards. I remember one weekend I made $200 and um, and I was 10 and that's what got me bit with the bug. And so, you know, fast forward, mm. um, uh, going into college, um, I was in college and, uh, and, I, and, and I had um, being student body president of my college. I had an opportunity to have some great job offers. I had three six figure job offers when I was getting ready to graduate from college. I, um, but I, I wanted to play football. I went to college to play football. That was the only reason why I, I went. I just I ended up being good at everything else that college had to offer, but it was just to play football. So um, I was like, you know what? Um, I thought I was going to go a third round, I mean, fifth round in the draft. It didn't quite happen. Um, but all during that time, you know, I had founded this little um, um, organization in college um, my junior year. It was supposed to be a real estate development company. And, uh, but but my mentor, he said, JR, maybe you should start building up some capital first before you go in and actually do and, um, and start getting really big in the in development of real estate. And I said, OK, so but when I turned on those three six figure job offers, the thing was, I mean, one was for a company called Cousins Properties, a huge um, uh, real estate development company here in the southeast. Another one was for um, BMW. I got offered that my junior year, and this was 20 plus years ago. And then I got another one from um, uh, uh, from Waffle House, believe it or not. And so people, they say Waffle House. I say Waffle House got some money now. They, they, you know, they solid. Yeah, Waffle House is taking over the world. I Look, don't know. Right, <laughs> right. You know, status covered and smothered all the way. So all day and all night. All night. And so, and I went, and, and so I turned out those job offers, and everybody thought I was flat crazy. And in a sense, I was. Um, but you know, I knew I wanted to play football, and if I was going to play, this was my chance. So uh, I was training four or five hours a day. I was waiting tables at um, Olive Garden, as a matter of fact, and training five hours a day, trying to get ready. And, and then um, somebody came to me and said, JR, can you help me incorporate this business? And I said, yeah, I, I know how to incorporate businesses. Mm -hmm. And I, my mom taught me how to do that. She used to be a paralegal. So I, I learned how to do that when I was like 17, 18. Then, then somebody else said, JR, can you help me to actually do my 501c3. I said, yeah, I know how to do that. Somebody said, how about my website? I said, I used to do websites in college and um, uh, for, for the webmaster. And then, um, and then somebody else said, what about a business plan? I said, well, I can go down to Staples and get a program and figure it out. And when the smoke cleared, I had a business. And um, I went overseas, played, I came back, um, 
And I ended up scoring about uh, five touchdowns uh, in the game over there, led into the championship. But I cracked my ribs. I just had got engaged uh, to my to my wife. I flew her over. We got engaged to the top of the Eiffel Tower in Paris, and I did it before oh. Tom Cruise. You know. <laughs> <laughs> You made it cool for Tom Cruise. Yeah, right. Look, I had to, I had to do something. So, but we, we, we. I came back and I and I had um, bought these raggedy vending machines. I came back. I came back home and I remembered, um, you know, taking six hundred dollars, bartering first and last month with, with the landlord. And to make a long story short, I took that six hundred dollars and we ended up turning it into a quarter of a million dollars before the end of that ten month period. Um, and then um, fast forward to today. We've helped over 10,000 small businesses on a one-on-one -on -one basis, and we've helped over 12,000 through events. But all of my development kind of happened through trial and error. I will say one secret that really helped me with my development was going to Barnes & Noble, okay? It was going to Barnes & Noble and being in there. I would go in there for hours. Uh, when I was mm. first finishing college, four or five hours a day reading all the books on the bookshelf, uh, in and around the business entrepreneurship section. And then I would buy the ones that I really liked. And then I would go and try them to um, try some of the techniques uh, with my clients to see what worked and what didn't. And, and, and then over the years, just being in the trenches over um, uh, almost 20 years, 20 years will be next year, I've just seen a lot of stuff. And so, you know, um, I always tell people, you can't really Google experience. And I think that's really what's happened over the years. So that's how I came to be uh, uh, what I am. I guess it was a necessity kind of scenario, right? Yeah, no. Well, God, there's so many good little uh, tips for so many people listening. You know, for, first and foremost, I love that, like, you know, it, it very organically, life found you in this pocket, you know, like there was never really this divine plan that you were going to go in this direction. It's just, I, I love seeing divine intervention just show up in people's lives and land them in a place that maybe they didn't even know they were meant to be in, but let alone here you are. It sounds like that that's kind of the story of your life is that, you know, maybe in your mind, it was all football, but you know, God had a different plan for you and look where you are now. And that is Totally that is different. just, gosh, I love it. Yeah. And then the other thing that really sticks out to me, which I absolutely believe in too, is, you know, leaders are readers, you know, reading, oh, yeah. gosh, reading is so important, like self-educating and reading, absorbing all the things. I love how you just had a passion for knowledge. That's a life-changing decision, I think, for people is deciding that they want to constantly educate themselves. No, you, you make a, a, a strong, valid point. And one of my mentors um, missed, um, is uh, President Dunlap. So he, so when I was student body president, uh, he was a uh, president of uh, Wofford College. And uh, he was the one that um, um, actually recommended that I go for the Rhodes Scholarship uh, but he's always been a just a strong voice in, in, in those years that I was in college. Um, but he has a phenomenal TED Talk. So if you ever go, it's probably okay. the best TED Talk that's out there. It's, um, it's President Dunlap. Um, um, okay. You put Wofford College. It's called Being a Lifelong Learner. And he oh. just talks about that. And okay. it's just phenomenal. You know, I, one of my secrets now, and I'm going to give one of my secrets away on how I'm continuously digesting information. Well, being in Atlanta, y'all know it's a lot of traffic, right? So There's a lot of traffic. <laughs> it's a lot of traffic. So, you know, <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, right. Look, so it's, it's everywhere. So we, we, but that's a beautiful thing. I love actually sitting in traffic a lot of times. People say, Jared, you love sitting in traffic? No, because that is my role university or what I consider my role you. I, I have my pot, I have my um, audio book. So I'll be on Audible, all these other things. I don't, I listen to music on occasion, but, um, but my, the majority of the time I am listening, I'm, I'm reading these books. If I'm going on trips, road trips, I'll pop in a book, digest that information, because we're always in a car. Uh, and so uh, with that, you know, you could absorb that information and continuously be learning um, something that you could apply in your, um, in your everyday life. And I've had some, um, I've read some of the, some of my favorite books over the past uh, couple years. It's been real good. I love it. It's such a great idea for all the frustrated drivers out there is to really get into the audiobook. I I have not yet. I'm actually going to take that as a takeaway for myself. So, oh. thank you for the tip. I mean, I get to work from home remotely, so I don't get I, I have the luxury of not having to sit in traffic every day. Yeah. Bless it, but I am certainly in for the road trip. So, awesome, awesome tip. Totally, I love totally. it. Totally try it yeah. out. You know, it's it's something, you know, yeah. even if you don't catch all of it, you know, if you can catch 90% of it, 80% mm -hmm. of it, you still got um, a good um, grasp of the book, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's very, very good. That's very, very good. about the Velocity Accelerator and how you work with small businesses and what are some of the major changes you're seeing right now in small business? Yeah, so the Velocity Accelerator is, is, an, is an accelerator. We take um, startup companies. These are companies that are scalable companies through in a, uh, a three-month process or we do the same thing with small businesses that are just maybe your local traditional small businesses, but we work with them in a way to where they pretty much have a whole team behind them for like three months helping them work in their companies. But the Velocity Company, which is our parent company, we're, we, we have a uh, mix between, um, we have a media events and a consulting side of our business. And so the media side, we've, it's, we've made it our business specifically before we were primarily business services and consulting. But in a pandemic, we just were like, we need to reach more people. And so uh, we were doing media before and producing content, but we just really just went kind of totally into that direction because mm -hmm. what we saw is that a lot of the small businesses did not know what to do when, when things were going around. They didn't even know how to apply for stuff. They didn't know where to apply. They didn't know what things to get into, um, opportunities that were out here. It was so much information that it was almost like information overload. And so what we were doing was just kind of being that um, conduit to help get them to the places that they needed to go from a media uh, uh, side of things. But, um, you know, I have seen right now in the market to answer your other question, like what's really going on is that, you know, uh, uh, the small businesses have uh, some small businesses have taken advantage of of, uh, of some of the resources that are out and available. Certain small businesses have not been able to. It's been very hard for a lot of these small businesses to even get certain things like the EIDL loan from the SBA. That has been a difficult, we've had people get declined. We had one client that we were helping that got declined seven times before they got approved. And so, and I think that was because the SBA at one point in time, 
Uh, there were so many people applying who did not have businesses. So it put the SBA in a point to where they were overcorrecting. And by them mm -hmm. overcorrecting, what ended up happening is that a lot of the businesses that should have got funding didn't get funded. And yeah. so now the so now what you see is there's a lot of money that's still available and out there for small businesses to take advantage of. But because of a lot of the small businesses having issues getting the funding, they just have given up. Such a frustrating process. It's, it, it, it was, I'm saying, listen, I, you know, we have several companies and some of our companies went through very easily, but other ones, it was a process and you have to be very resilient, very persistent um, at making sure you're communicating. And the SBA has never had, they, they don't, they have really uh, um, are overwhelmed because they've never been in a position like this before, having this many yeah. people apply. So it's, it's been very interesting. Um, I think, you know, um, that was one thing that I saw that's very big. Um, the businesses who probably needed the stuff the most had the hardest time mm -hmm. accessing the stuff that the government spent all of this money trying to get the small businesses. And then I would say the second thing, it's just staffing. And that just comes really down and along your line straight, straight there because you know, people not finding good people that can help them carry out stuff. And, you know, in what they call the Great Recession, I mean, resignation, I guess, you know, uh, all of these people that um, were once, you know, I guess in certain positions and companies, they just said, you know what, I'm going to go out and start a company or I'm going to just um, go and look for better potential opportunities. So it's left a gap in the in the market in a lot of areas. And I think that's even what we're looking at simply in the supply chain, you know, just not even having certain things like basic drivers that can drive 18 wheelers. I think they said just with 18 wheelers, they needed a million drivers, you know, and and that's not even considered the box trucks and other transportation. And now, I mean, that's a that's a big thing. People don't uh, have um, um, access to the, the, the staffs to really carry out what needs to be carried out. So those are some of the things that have happened. I think um, another thing that I saw that's been um, is the lack of community that we've mm -hmm. seen. People are in their islands because one thing that the pandemic has done, you know, people, you know, typically are not, you know, congregating in churches. Uh, people are not going out in the same spaces where they usually are. Yeah. And so then it's a lack of community. So the, the support that we usually have as small businesses is not there. So you have to create um, um, other support mechanisms and other forms of community. And I think those are good um, avenues through certain platforms like Clubhouse, um, through mm -hmm. certain other things. And finding those opportunities in person that you can get and um, start talking to people uh, and actually letting them meet you in person. Because it's different. You know, when you're in person, you know, um, it's, it's a big difference. So I think it's just building that community. I think it's been a lack uh, that's going on right now. And so I would say kind of a myriad of all those three things, the, the, yeah. the, 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 the fact that people has been hard for them to access capital, you know, the, the, the um, as far as the capital that was specifically designated for the small businesses, you know, the fact that the staffing on that end um, has been an issue and the fact that people have not been able to be really a part of a true community um, because of the a lack of interaction in person and things of that nature. I think all of those three things are kind of some of the biggest things that I've seen. 
Yeah, and those are three very large things. Those are huge proponents for any individual or organization to be successful. So do you have any tips, right? If we want to, if we want somebody to, you know, listen to this podcast and really walk away with one or two actionable items, you know, is there anything you can think of that you would recommend to any small business who's maybe sitting in any three of those categories that could help them overcome or a a small step they can take in the right direction for one of those things to help them overcome these, you know, truly overwhelming challenges that we're in the midst of? Yeah, I mean, I'll go down to three. I would say number one, when in forms of access to capital, you need to call your accountant, okay, and say, hey, walk me through this. You need to call your business consultant. If you don't have one, get one. You need all of these people that are close to, that, that are supposed to be um, there as those points of, 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 of reference or resources in those areas. This is the time to take advantage of it because there's windows. Like I was a running back. And so when that window opened, that hole opened up, you either hit it or it was a busted play. The play's over. Done deal, right? So, yep. When, timing when these, matters. These window- timing. Yeah, yeah no, totally. Yeah. So, so when these windows are open, you, you have to take advantage of them. So if you don't take advantage of these resources now, they won't be here later. Okay. So yeah. I would say the biggest thing is any place, everywhere, take some time and actually look and see, okay, what is there available to me? I've never been a person looking for, you know, capital or things like that. That was never my thing. I went out mm-hmm. and let the sales of my customers kind of mm-hmm. uh, uh, play that play that place as far as like in the funding that we've needed in our company. But if, they, if this is act, if this is stuff we paid taxes in for and this is stuff that they're making available, okay, in, in various areas, you got companies that are out here that are putting forth billions of dollars, okay, to, yeah. to, to help fund things. Anything that's available, you need to be out there and, 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 and applying mm-hmm. for them now. And anybody on your team that can help you do that, if you don't know, get somebody, find yep. somebody that can help you. Go to, you know, various areas, different community support um, areas in there and say, listen, I just want to get this in place. OK. And um, and, and um, that's that's one thing in terms of the, the funding. And of course, as I mentioned Figure out ways to get um, to your customers and get those sales, you know, and figure out in terms of funding a way that I've always funded my companies through the sales of my customers. So if you have existing customers, we uh, we have horse shows see come on uh, one of our, um, our, our, our events last year. And he said, find those customers and make as much money as you can from the customers that you already have. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And, and that is something that I've taken with me is like, how can I serve my customers more? Okay. Yeah. What are some other things that I can offer to my uh, to my existing customer mm-hmm. base, so that I don't necessarily yeah. in this time where there may not be uh, as much community that I can go out and offer additional things to help my existing customer base, and that's going to yeah. help you with those revenue things there, and just start looking at things from angles that um, that you may not have previously looked at before, and so so and that's in terms of pivoting and all these things yeah. in this particular pandemic. So I would say that would be the number one thing. I would say number two, in terms of staffing, find alternative ways of staffing. Like for example, through through Belay, looking at opportunities to find um, people that you can staff on right now and, and, and help you with your company so that you can get out here and make things happen because you can't do everything yourself, you know? I think one of the things that's very important right now is, is 
is the internal brand of a company, right? I, I think so much we focus on the external brands of our companies, like what customers see, that we have maybe not focused as much on the internal brand, what our employees see. And I think more than ever, this is the time for us to make sure we are putting out content that we are really focusing on what our brand looks like internally to our employees, right? And, yeah. and that is something yeah. big as far as on that end. So that would be a way that I would see on how to uh, attract those people to help with this, um, with this current need on that end. And then thirdly, in regards to the community, figure out some um, in-person things to go to. We just had a grand opening of one of our customers locations last night that we were helped plan for. Uh, on Saturday, we did a pitch event for one of our accelerators um, at our office and we did things safe, you know, um, and um, things on that end, but we, we got in person and it was something people were like, oh my goodness, uh, this was, you know, I always say, you know, in person is the new online, right? You know, so, you know. <laughs> yeah, go it, figure, right? Yeah, yeah. Right? You know, yeah. so so I would just say, you know, get getting uh, in there, figure out um, other places like where you can build um, community online. You know, this is something is mm -hmm. relationships. As as we know, uh, Trisha, this is everything. So building those relationships and don't wait till later, you know, build them now. Figure out a way. Get on the phone, you know, uh, uh, call some people, call some of your past people, even find some people from college that you maybe hadn't talked to in 25 years. Mm -hmm. Hey, what's up, man? You know, how you doing? Hey, what's going on? You know, these are some ways to develop those relationships. So those are some tips that I would say. Those are tremendous tips. I think, you know, connections, we need it for our souls. We need it for our business. Totally. We, our community needs it. So I, I love um, I love your point. You know, doing things that we, don't, we haven't done in a long time, as simple as picking up a phone. It, it sounds totally. crazy that we're, we're in a culture now where picking up a phone isn't even something that people think to do. So I, I love the advice. Um, I appreciate it. I think there's some really great actionable tips in all three of those areas, honestly. And so I really do appreciate you sharing that with us. How can somebody listening get in touch with you or your organization if they want to learn more about what it is you offer to small business? Yeah, most definitely. Um, you can reach me um, at my personal website, which is jrmcnair.com. Or you can go, um, one of our biggest events that we do is an event called Small Business Day. You can go to smallbusinessday.com. We go through cities all across the country helping people start companies. Or you can go to thevelocityco.com to actually um, inquire um, about some of our brands and some of the things that we have going on. Awesome. Well, thank you, JR. I've truly enjoyed this conversation. I would love it if you wouldn't mind if you would stay on for one more bonus question. I want to ask you about helpful software and technologies for small business. Okay. If you don't mind. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Guys, listeners, you don't want to miss this. To hear the clip, subscribe to our email list and we'll send you a link to the bonus content or visit onenextstepodcast.com where you'll find the link to all of our show notes. Thanks, guys. Hey, guys, I hope you enjoyed that amazing interview and that energy from JR. He was packed full of vibrancy and amazing tips for the small business out there. And guys, as always, we have a one next step for you to take. This week, we're offering our resource, the top 10 business books for new entrepreneurs to help you learn best 
practices, and starting a business. And until next time, own your journey. Join us next week for more practical tips and actionable tools to advance your business one step at a time. Next week, I get the honor of putting LZ in the hot seat to chat all about how you can be better prepared for tax season in your business. She's going to help us understand some of the common stressors business owners face and how having a bookkeeper on your team can help you get a jump start on how you can prepare your business. Here's a sneak peek. You are not your business. You need to learn how to delegate. You need to learn how to get out of the way, hire phenomenal people to run your business so you can have a personal life. And so all this makes more sense to you, but um, working with a bookkeeper can help you have that freedom in your personal finances as well. And I don't want to miss that piece because that's big. Thanks for listening to One Next Step. Be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts or follow us on Spotify. Then join us next time for more practical business tips and tools to help you get more done, grow your business, and lead your team with confidence. For more episodes, show notes, and helpful resources, visit onenextsteppodcast.com.